It's your week, your sports, the new Clarksville Now podcast. I'm John Glass, along with Jeff Matthews and Christian Brown. It's your week, your sports. John Glass here with Jeff Matthews, Christian Brown, and head coach of your Austin Peay State University Governor, Scotty Walden. Scotty, what's up? How's hey, it going? It's going great, man. It's, ga- it's game week. Couldn't be any better. Bro. We're here. No, New we're season. Here. New right. season. Clean right. slate. We're uh, about about 72 hours out from the beginning of the season. Man. Uh, yeah, how are y'all feeling? You just put that in perspective right there, man. So <laughs> Count, you, countdowns you went hours on. on me. You didn't go days. You went hours on me. I got, <laughs> I got real in a heartbeat, man. I got to go fine-tune this third down game. Start right sweating now. a little bit. Yeah, little hold bit. on. Hey, wait a second, man. I got to go. <laughs> we got to get this. It's, it's, it's coming quick. It's, it's here. Countdown is on. How is the team feeling? Uh, phenomenal. They're excited. I mean, they're, I think they're, they're just ready to hit somebody else besides themselves. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're, they're tired of uh, you know, hit, hitting the old red and black. We're ready to go out and uh, hit some maroons. So that's, that's going to be exciting. They're, uh, they've been waiting on this, been working on it, working towards it all offseason, and finally you know, getting that opportunity. I think game one that first week is always um, one of the most exciting weeks because you've just been working all year you know, for this opportunity to go play the game. And uh, so they're, they're, they're really excited. We're going to have to – you know, make sure we're we're excited, but we're controlled and we're we're ready to go execute. Composure, composure, composure. gotta love it. Taking a quick look, last year seven to four on the season, uh, three and two in the conference. Some big moments, a lot of improvement with this program. I mean, starting off the season with Western taking them to the wire. Yeah, a lot to uh, be proud of with this team last year. Uh, what are the, some of the things from last year's squad that you were really happy about? Uh, looking forward to this year too. I, I just thought that uh, they they did a great job ignoring the noise, you know, ignoring, you know, preseason rankings. You know, it, people picked us, you know, to finish near last last year, and um, I just think we had a group of guys that knew that they were good, and we we knew how good we could be, and they didn't worry about all the outside distractions, outside noise, outside drama. It was just all about one day at a time, and they really bought into that process over results mindset, and it was just a daily progression. We're going to go out here. We're going to be who we are. And they fell in love with the process. And, and that's what happens when you do that. And they fell in love with it. And they reaped the benefits from it. Uh, a very tough-minded football team. Uh, a lot of just, you know, core leaders on that team, uh, you know, some, some of which have moved on, some of which are still here. Um, and I, I thought it was a really mentally tough group. And I think that's what uh, kind of spurned everything. Yeah, no, we – we were really happy with last season. Yeah. Didn't end exactly how we wanted. Right. Kind of wanted no wanted the party to continue, but same here. <laughs> nonetheless, nonetheless, uh, new season. Yeah, just to kind of piggyback off that too. Uh, can you just touch on your team's growth from last season to this season? Yeah, I mean, our big message. You know, we always have a theme each year, and, and this year we've been talking about breaking the stone and and breaking the stone. Just you know, talking about the, the stone representing the status quo and and us taking a swing at that every single week, day, practice, meeting, walk through. And, you know, by the end of the year, we should break that thing, you know, and it's just talking about take, it, it all correlates back to taking the next step in our program. And meaning last year we got left out of the FCS national yeah. playoffs, you know, having the mindset of going good to great, you know, and what's going to be the separating factors in that. Um, and that means we have to be more disciplined. We have to be, um, you know, more execution driven knowing our assignments better we have to be more detailed everything has to pick up a level and, and that's the thing i mean we've pushed these guys harder than any team we've had here i mean we have gone through you know our, our calendar we divide into five phases and, and boot camp phase phase two was 
by far the hardest one we've had since we've been here. And the guys have, you know, <laughs> they're a unique group. They, they, they run to those challenges. You know, they very, very few times do we go through something hard and those guys kind of shy away. We don't have a, a group like that. You know, we go into fall camp. The fall camp is the hardest thing we do in our program. And it's meant that way for a reason. Um, it's sun up to sundown. It's physical practices. Um, and they handled that, I mean, just unbelievably, you know, attacking it. Um, and that, that, that was the biggest thing. So we talk about breaking the stone. It's not about, you know, it, it goes back to that process approach as well. It's not about breaking the stone in one swing. It's about, hey, us, us taking those swings daily, putting a little, if you just put like a little crack in that stone daily, a little crack, a little crack, a little crack. By the time the season ends, it's time for that thing to break. Coach, you brought up breaking the stone. Kind of going with what you were just talking about, Austin P. Football had a huge stone that they broke in the offseason. Jeremiah Collins passing away, being a part of the football program. Can you talk a little bit about the brotherhood here at Austin P. and how all the guys rallied around the program after what happened? Yeah, I mean, our, our guys have been through a lot. I mean, uh, you know, the passing of Jeremiah, such an impactful young man, freshman out of Oakland. You know, high school there who um, just an unbelievable person and, and a tragedy. And, and our guys have handled that with flying colors. I mean, uh, as good as you can. When I say flying colors, I mean, they have with a mature aspect, with a respect aspect, with, I mean, you couldn't ask for a football team to handle that better. And, and they're hurting. I mean, it's it's been an emotional roller coaster before the season has ever gotten started. But I'll say this, man, and I was telling a bunch of guys yesterday when doing a couple of the interviews, uh, you know, it brought us closer together. Um, 17 of our players gave their life to Christ at Jeremiah's funeral. And we had 24 get baptized on the field wow. last week Absolutely. in our end zone last week. And, and, you know, again, you don't want things like that to happen for, you know, kind of a, you know, a spark to happen like that. But I think it spoke to how impactful Jeremiah's life was on all of us. And I mean, the, the the I mean, you had you had players baptizing players, man. I mean, I've never seen anything like that. In my that is incredible. Like, it was un, it was the most unbelievable experience I've ever had as a coach. I've never like I didn't I didn't I knew we were going to do it that day. I didn't know it was going down like that. I mean, right. Wow. It was unbelievable. <clears throat> but you could really feel, I mean, God working. You could feel Jeremiah Collins' presence there. I I just I just I I just thought it was amazing. But uh, to speak to the brotherhood, you're talking about seeing those guys in that moment. Um, showed how close this group is and how uh, of a driving force Jeremiah has been to promote the continuity of the players and just to never take for granted what you have mindset, you know, because this young man was a true freshman, had it all out in front of him and um, in the blink of an eye, you know. And so I just, I, 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 you know, again, I know we have a season to play and we have uh, games to win and everything like that, but in my opinion, you know, the – the championship's already been won, in my opinion. I'm, you know, I'm good. I mean, I mean now don't get me wrong. I mean, we'll go out there and compete for one. Yeah. Don't, mm-hmm. but, I mean, we're, you talk about the grand scheme of life. I mean, that that our players have showed that that amazing um, resiliency and and unification in a, in an adverse moment has been best I've been around. It's been unbelievable. So I, I just I'm so proud of this team already. We haven't even taken the field yet. That's it's amazing how strong they are. I just want to say that real quick. Yeah, I appreciate coach. it, man. Yeah, it's it it really is. It's a testament to them. They're 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 a tight group. You know, I, I talked to you know I have a unity council of thirteen guys, and uh, they constantly in those meetings I meet with them every week, and they constantly discuss how tight the locker room is, and uh, that's like one I always kind of look for repeating themes. They're saying, and the locker room is just really tight knit, and that's um, 
that's they're a close group, and that's that, that's I think in my opinion the first step you got to have in having a successful uh, football team, which is a successful corporation. Whatever you're doing in general, you got to be unified, and it has to be a brotherhood. Absolutely, love to see that. Taking a quick look too on uh, on the off season, and uh, you were talking a little bit earlier about you know some of the players from last season. They aren't here. Got some new guys coming in. Mm-hmm. Transfer portal 2023. It's crazy. Taketh and it giveth away too. <laughs> That's right. Um, we did lose two of our leading tacklers. Uh, Dre McCray went off to Texas Tech. A um, couple holes to fill. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, it giveth as well. And you got Tyler Long coming in from Norfolk, Norfolk State. Just wanted oh, to yeah. – uh, Touch how you deal with the uh, transfer portal kind of yeah. as a whole, as a coach, as crazy as it is in 2023 with, you know, being able to transfer and this and that. It's It helps and it hurts, but how do you, as a head coach, kind of go about that process? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very interesting dynamic. Uh, you know, n- number one is I, I want people that want to be here. I think, like, you can lose sight of that with this transfer portal era of just – um, if they don't want to be here, they don't want to be here, you know, and right. I'm not going to, you know, I, I, there's an old saying, Spike Dykes, old, old uh, Texas Tech head coach, you know, if I got to talk a player into being here, I'm going to have to talk them into staying here, right. you know, and so I, I'm above that. I'm in that same, that same attitude. And it uh, doesn't mean a young man, when he, if he comes in, says he's thinking about it, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to talk that out with him and try to retain him. I mean, we're, yeah. we're going to do what we need to do. But um, the reality is, guys, is, you know, uh, we had five, uh, maybe six, five players. I know for a fact, uh, off the top of my head, that went power five from the yeah. football team last year. You know, you got Matt Ridney at Oregon, Josh Rudolph at Indiana, Dre McCray at Texas Tech, Shamari Simmons at Arizona State, D Ford at Arizona State. You know, so you got five guys from our team last year that are now playing power five football, and we know big amounts of money are involved in that. And yeah. so yeah. you 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 fight that battle um, at this level, and uh, you know, at the end of the day. Um, I think what kids are going to start to realize over the course of time, you know, we've brought in NFL scouts. We, you know, we, we have NFL scouts that come through our practices and um, we have actually gotten those guys to speak to our team mm-hmm. um, because I think that's a big, you know, uh, viewpoint they need to hear is how the NFL guys view the portal. Cause a lot of guys think that if I transfer from Austin P and go to Virginia tech, all right. Yeah. Well, I'm automatically on the NFL radar now. That's not the case. Scouts, scouts don't scout the school. They scout the player. And so just educating our guys, we yeah. did actually a transfer report. Like we're not afraid to talk about it with our players. Like sure. it's a real thing. And I, and I tell them, I, I told them straight up, you know, in the off season, like, Hey, look, if you're thinking about getting in the portal, like then this ain't going to work Yeah. because here's the thing. Like you got to be all in where you're at. It's like me job hunting. Like right. if I was sitting here behind a computer, like, Oh, what, I wonder what job I can get. I wonder what job that's not fair to you, to anyone at this university. Or these kids, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're sitting there constantly, where can I transfer? Where can I go? Hey, like, you're not you're not being where your feet are, and it's not going to matter anyway then at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. you got to be where your feet are and understand that, um, you know, you can get drafted out of Austin P. Like, that can happen. You know, and that's something I've tried to tell our players. And I think on the outside, if I said that to the outside world, they're like, yeah, yeah, right. But, it, hey, it's impossible till it freaking happens. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that a couple of those guys that – you know, went power five would have gotten drafted out of here. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind they, they were they were that good of players, and the risk that some sometimes those guys take is you can go up and be a rotational guy and not be the guy anymore. So you got to be careful, you know. But on our end, from a program perspective, you know, we have to. I, I tell our coaching staff all the time, we have to assume um, that our best players, you know, are going to leave. Not that we want them to, but we have to assume that 
because we are at the level we're, we're at at the FCS, and the big dogs are going to – I mean, I can't tell you how many times, I'm just being real with you, like in the offseason, like um, a guy has a good game, crap. We uh, we got you know four or five power five coaches following him the next week. I mean, I, I, every just week, how it is. Yeah, yeah, like like I look at I look at freaking uh, last year we played Western Kentucky. You know, how, the whole dang Western Kentucky staff followed like our stud players. Like, like, I'm like, that's how it is. Like, like get out of here. Yeah. What are you so, doing? Yeah, so we go to Tennessee this year. You better believe. Like when you shake hands, I'm gone. Everybody get to the locker room right here. I'm guard. Hey, wave high, wave high. There we go. You know, it's just uh, yeah. I mean, like we're being real about it. It's just yeah. it's part of it. But I want people that want to be a gov and want to be here. And you always got to have three or four guys in your back pocket per position. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. we've done a great job of, hey, uh, we lose a guy, we replace a guy. You alluded to Tyler Long. Yeah. Norfolk State, you know, he Josh Rudolph goes, Tyler Long comes in, Vaughn McIver, you know, who's a, a corner, C. Lou's a corner, you know, D. Ford and Shamari Simmons Lee, we replace Mike Rutland from Princeton. You know, you, you, you got to be able to recruit. And, and it's you can sit here and complain about it and be like this, that, and the third, but – you, you got to do something about it. So it's our job to go recruit great players. Yeah, and, you know, one one thing real quick. You know, it's a testament, I think, to Austin Peay's program because it's not just, oh, hey, you know, I'm at Austin P and looking transfer portal, power five, power five, power five. There's yeah. a reason those power five coaches are coming to look at Austin Peay players. No, it's, it's the development when they come here to Austin P. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason that you had so many players getting power five. Like, yeah. It's the development here, and I think it's a testament. You're you're, you're on it, man. I mean, it's a weird – because it took me a while to flip that mindset. Yeah. Right? Because we're not going to be a JUCO program. We're not going to be – you know, we're not going to be that. You know, and what I mean by that is, like, we've had guys that have gotten in the portal, and they're like, hey, listen, I'm not getting the offers I thought. Like I got a, I mean I got a rule. If they get in the portal, they're it's over. Like I'm not, I yeah. don't bring them back. Like grass is always greener. Yeah, it ain't gonna yeah. be step out. Let me look what's out there, and then let me get back. I'm not doing that. But the the thing you're talking about, we have had to flip our mindset in the sense of yes, like I, I don't want this to look like we're waving the white flag and saying we're gonna lose our play. No, we're not. Like we're gonna fight to retain yeah. and keep our play. Make this a place that they can't live without. And I think we've done an amazing job through administration, our administration, our coaching staff. We do things at an elite level from a culture standpoint. To make this a place where, like, man, I desire to be here. And that's our job, and we want to retain. Right. But in the event that, you know, guys go and things like that, and they go up a level, right, you, you have to be able to look at the positives of it and yeah. say, that guy came here, got developed, yeah, and and went to play Power 5 football. And, again, that's not something that, um, you know, we're, like, marketing or we're proud no, of. But it does yeah. say, like you like you alluded to, the, the – Well, there's a reason, yeah. There's a reason. There's a reason that they're coming here. Can Absolutely. you speak on their development, uh, you know, what it means to you personally to see them succeed at a Power 5 conference? Yeah, I mean, it, I, mean I, I think that it says a lot about our strength conditioning program, our nutrition, and what we do schematically. You know, I think that um, those guys uh, came in here, they bought in. And, and here's the thing, you look at all five of those guys um, – so, you know, like Josh Rudolph, 6'2", 225, okay, he's a big guy. You know, uh, all those other guys, you know, are, are undersized guys that overachieved. Yeah. You know, uh, Shamari Simmons is was a long-range DB that uh, continued to develop fundamentally and in the weight room. And uh, all those guys were um, a, maybe a hair too short, a hair too slow, a hair, you know, um, you know, too, what, whatever, you know, for a power five school coming out of high school. But they developed and get – and you know prospered and they they played at a very high level and so it was it's it was it, you hate to the hard part for me is like you develop them, you spend so much time developing mm-hmm. them and someone else you know yeah. gets them that's that's the frustrating piece but i think at the end of the day when you when you pull back 
and you look and you say, man, like, you know, we, we at the end of the day, you know, did a good job with those guys, you know, and I think that that's, that's what this thing's, you know, all about is developing players, you know, and not developing players for other programs, but developing yeah. players, period. Yeah. And you hope that they stay here four years, and that's what, that's what our goal is. Yeah, because if I'm a recruit here in town or somewhere in the mid-state or somewhere throughout the country, too, I'm looking at them like, hey, man, Austin P. That that program is solid. Absolutely. I want to be there. Yeah. I want to go play for Scotty Walton. No doubt. And that's the place I want to be. Well, no and doubt. Tw- and 23 players did say that. You had 23 Absolutely. signs this past offseason. Mm. Congratulations on that front. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Eight of which are three-star recruits, so you have mm-hmm. huge names coming in. I do have to throw a small shout-out there for my Mount Juliet High School boys, Griffin <laughs> Thronberry and Michael yeah. Rutland. Oh, yeah. And also on top of that, Clarksville High School, Davin Geringer going to oh, be yeah. coming, joining your quarterback team. That's right. Can you talk a little bit about, one, having that talent in your back door and then just being able to explore throughout all the different states? I mean, you have a bunch from Tennessee, but then you also have a few players from Louisiana, and I think you have one from California on Alabama the roster now. as well, I Exactly. Believe. Yeah. It's – um. It, you know, we try to stay regionally in that five, six hour radius, but we're always going to spot recruit our connections. Like, you know, a lot of our staff has recruited Louisiana and Texas. You know, we're probably pushing eight to 10 Texas guys on the roster just because of our connections, you know. Um, but we're always going to own the home state, man. I mean, that's the big thing is Tennessee. We want to be the school in Tennessee that that people want to come play football at. You know, if they're not going to the Vols, they're not going to, to you know, Vanderbilt. And, hey, we, we want them to come be a Gov, you know, and then. If they got offers from those schools, then, I mean, we're going to back down. We're going to battle. You know, we went to wire to wire on a kid that went to Vandy uh, a couple years ago. We thought we we had him. And, um, I mean, here's the deal is is we're going to go after the best players in this state. We signed three of the top 50 players in the state of Tennessee in last year's class. And, uh, you know, that included the number 19 player, a, num- a number tw- uh, 20 and number 30 ranked player um, in the state. And so um, these are high three-star recruits. You know, those guys we just mentioned that went power five, all those guys were, you know, three-star recruits you know, in their career. I mean, so we're going to, we're going to recruit at a very high level and uh, we're going to go identify those guys, but it's important to identify guys that fit and not just the stars. That's the thing for us. Well, and then on top of that, we're in the world of NIL deals now. Yeah. What is, how do you start that conversation? Because I know it's probably not the easiest because I think coming out of high school, a lot of players have high expectations Mm -hmm. as to what it could be. But I think you get to the point and it's not at all what that is. Yeah. How do you have that conversation and how does that look as you go through your recruiting process? Yeah. Talking about NIL. You yeah. Mean? Yeah. So it's kind of, NIL is a tricky deal. It's unique because like it happens and we have a collective as everybody knows, but I have to stay out of it. Right. So it's, it's a weird, mm-hmm. it's a weird dynamic. Like um, if I had anything to say about it, you know, like when our donors ask me about it, stuff like that, I'm just like, Hey, like, you know, you got to talk to our people. And if you want to do something, you got to do something. If I like my attitude towards it though, is, you know, I always want to take care of the people that are here first. Mm-hmm. You know, if like, if, if I had anything to do with it, you know, cause I think, I think that's where you get, you know, cause you get, it's really challenging on your culture. Like yeah. if you have like eight recruits that dudes are giving money to, and they're not even here yet. Like they haven't put the work in yet. That's I don't I just don't know if I agree with that. I don't you right. know what I'm saying? I, oh, I, it's... You know, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I'm just saying I just don't know that my attitude is, you know, you know, like that. I think the the selling point for us with the recruit, the only thing I talked to him about is we do have NIL opportunities right. through for the people. We have um you know other uh, other avenues that we can utilize. Um so we we're we're in that market, we're in that business and and you have to do it. Um I mean I think it's um, and again, credit to our administration and, and everybody setting up that collective and, and being proactive in that, you know, I thought we rolled that out in a very timely manner to be able to compete at the level we're trying to compete at, you know, and I think that's just, you know, speaks to where we're at from a recruiting standpoint, you know, we're not, we're not recruiting against 
a, a ton of other FCS schools. We're recruiting against G5 schools, um, you know, Sunbelt, Conference USA, which is – that's who we should be competing against. Yeah. Um, and and, and that's, that's what we believe. And so if we're going to do that, though, um, especially with us going FBS in the next few years, you know, we're, we're going to have to be in the NIL market, which we've already positioned ourselves to be there and grow there. Um, so I, I just think at the end of the day, I think one thing in this era, guys, I'll tell you, with the portal and the NIL – there are more masks now of guys that don't love football. It is mm-hmm. harder to identify guys that don't love football because at the end of the day, when you're on that field and you're going through practice, you're going through training camp, NIL, portal, your stars, none of it matters. It's the grind. I right. mean, it's the, it's the absolute grind. And if you, have a, if you recruit a young man that is just looking for money, just looking for um, uh, – I'm transferring just to go up, just to say I went up. Yeah. Um, then I think that's where you fail. You have to find guys. You have to find the why on everybody. And that's why, like, our transfer portal process, like, I, we won't bring a kid on campus without, like, a 30. We got, like, a 30-question questionnaire that we got that we fill out. We're, we're, we've turned into, like, the FBI right here. Like, we're, like, we're, like, we're the FBI. I tell kids all the time, like, like we are scrubbing your social media, not, not your freaking uh, posts, your likes. We're going deep. Everything. I mean, the bro, GBI. Going, and nowadays you kind of have deep. to. You like, have to. It's a must. Oh, it's a must. I mean, like, if you find somebody that doesn't really love football, but they just want to, you know, uh, come Have to the Austin benefits P. a little yeah, bit. I want to come to Austin P because I know they got NIL. I know that the resources are better. I just want to. I don't really want to play. I just want to have a spot on the team. Man, I, hey, we're, we're, we're here to win, man. We're not here to have yeah. just guys, you know, eating steaks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, like, we're gonna, you have to identify people that love the game and want to be challenged. That's why in the recruiting process, we are very transparent about who we are. Because if we put on a facade, then we're going to get – a facade. Somebody, a facade. Exactly right. We're not going to get somebody who's real. We, we t- I try to – like, there's times where, like, I'm like, let me, I want to test this guy. And, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to throw it at him hard. Like, it's not going to be a recruiting pitch. It's going to be like, hey, you missed a class. You're running 6 a.m. Hey, guess what? We practiced this long. Guess what? We're going to run. Get, get, and I'm trying to scare him off. And if he can – you know, his body language is – and he's still resilient through that. Like, yeah, I'm good. Okay, cool. Because you got to love football to go through our process. If you don't love football, you you are not going to make it here. It's just if we our demands are too high. So NIL and the portal have created a mass. Because I mean, think about this real quick. I was talking to our collective about this when we first did it. I I, I got on the phone with those guys and they kind of just told me how it all how yeah. they do it. Right? They were throwing out stats like crazy too, which helped me a lot understand like where NIL's at. And you know, they threw out a school, a power five school. I won't name. But if you're on their roster, okay, not starter, if you are on the roster, okay, you're making $25,000. Oh, my gosh. So think about that for a second. What does that do? It goes back to, like, the backup quarterback in the NFL. I want to be a backup quarterback in the NFL because I don't got to play, and I'm making bank. That's exactly what I was going to allude to. Yes. Hey, I want to go to <laughs> School X, Power 5, not because, and I'm going to show on my Twitter, my social media, everybody, oh, because I want to play and I love football. But really, I want to go. So, hey, I don't care if I play or not. I'm going to make $25,000, huh. $30,000 just by being on the freaking roster. So what we're doing, though, is we are, we are masking the people that really love football. And that's why, again, not to get off on a – you got me going. You no. Asked, <laughs> I love it. All right. We love is, it. My thing is we should have we paid the players a long time ago, yeah. and we would never have this. All I right. mean, you think about uh, – go back to freaking – I mean, Johnny Menzel just had his Netflix yep. you know, yeah. show. Yeah. Like, People need to watch that. Like, and, and then you think about Johnny Manziel. That wasn't – I know that was 2007 or whatever. No, that was probably 2012. 2014, I think. 14. 
So, so that wasn't that long ago. No, it was not. Think about to the early 2000s and the 1990s where you had these star players making these universities bank. Yes. And they're not getting a dime from it. That doesn't make any sense, man. Like that or they make... still have a Heisman Trophy stripped from them. That's what I'm saying, man. Yeah. And I'm not, like, <laughs> I'm not trying to be – I'm just saying if we would have paid those guys a long time ago, I feel like we wouldn't have this hodgepodge of, okay, pay everybody. Because not everybody deserves to be paid. I mean, that's the truth. Yeah. Like, I, you know, if – if uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm low man on the total ball at my at my job because I I don't work hard. I'm not, you know, uh, putting the extra hours in. I'm not doing stuff that I don't deserve to be paid like the the president of the company. You know, yeah. it's just that's not how the, yeah. the world the world doesn't work that way. And so I think that you know, in a way, we've created a sense of hey, if I'm on the roster, I deserve to be paid. Yeah. And that's not necessarily true. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, in all cases, but um, like I said, I think you just have to identify people that yeah. love. What is what? What is your why? What are your motives? Do you, are you doing this because you love the game and you want to play at an elite level? Then hey, this place is probably for you. If if it's a selfish like, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not really big in the class. Like I've had I've had a couple guys in exit meetings on official visits. That's like, yeah, coach, like honestly, I'm looking for a, a place to play out of the portal. I already got my degrees. I school really doesn't matter to me. I'm I'm good. I'm I'm pro- I'm not recruiting that kid. Yeah. Because he ain't, he ain't going to class. He don't care. Right. He's yeah. gonna come here, and if football doesn't go good, then everything else is already gonna tank. We're we're here to develop people, and not just football players. We want to develop the whole person. So, you, you gotta be intrinsically motivated. It can't just be about money. So I'll get out myself. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, you hit it right on the head putting on those masks too. Because there's I don't know if you heard about this. There's a kid out of Missouri right now. That they just got recruited to. He's making seven hundred fifty thousand dollars as a senior in high school right oh now my gosh. per year. So he's making more than his teachers right now. And does he really want to go to Missouri, or is he? Because the law in Missouri is allowing him to go take that seven hundred fifty k his senior year of high school. Not even he's not even enrolled in uh, Missouri yet. That's crazy. So wow. Yeah, I think that is very important. Trying to take off those masks. See, hey, do you want to be here? Is the money just something that's it's nice that comes along with For it? Sure. Uh, but it is a crazy, crazy world that we're in right now with the NIL. But it uh, is. yeah, moving on to uh, the season, we start off with the Salukis of uh, Southern Illinois, uh, and then game two, right into uh, the fire. You yeah. head on up to Tennessee's home opener. Yep. Up in Knoxville, uh, it is going to be loud. It is going to be fast. Uh, how do you go like? We were talking earlier about Western Kentucky, and y'all took them to the wire. Like, it's like, oh, you, you think this was just a – we're coming in here, get paid or do this or that? No, 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 no. We're taking you to the wire. How do you prepare going into those big stadiums? Like, you played Alabama last year, mm-hmm. held them to uh, 34 points. Yeah. How do you go into those games preparing for them, knowing it's going to be a bigger environment, louder? It's the same team. They're just football players. We're just football players. But how do you go – preparing for that that week and telling yeah. the players well, well first off i mean you know and i and nothing wrong with your question at all but like i like i didn't even think about the tennessee game I yeah about Southern Illinois. I for mean, sure because that's game that's that game has more playoff implications and more implications in fcs for us than tennessee ever will you for know sure. what i'm saying so like that people it's funny i'll be at the, I, I told somebody i got a reporter asked me that the other, the other day too and like when I'm out in this in the in you know the city or you know it, it, downtown or you know at the grocery store at church or whatever it's always about week two the Vols week two the Vols and I'm like I give two craps about the Vols okay like that's week two and now if they're week one I'd, I'd be you know I'd for be, sure I'd be, I'd be locked be in yeah I'm locked in yeah but like Southern Illinois to me is is the number one thing I'm thinking about absolutely um, to answer your question in terms of how we approach Power Five yeah. games um, 
you know, it is exactly what you just said. We are like, my job is to prepare a team to win. Um, and I've never prepared a team in my career to lose. And I'm not going to start now. So I don't care if they – Gerald comes in and says, you got to play Dallas Cowboys right. next week. We're going to go try to beat the freaking Dallas Cowboys. You know what I'm saying? Like, Might win at Jeff, this point. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff heads up. <laughs> Might win. It's, hey, easy. I shouldn't have used them. They're, we're, we're going through rough times. You know, that's my squad right there. I probably should have uh, picked the Cleveland Browns or something. You know, but, oh, but, man. But, uh, but, no, seriously, I, you know, it, it's an awesome experience for our guys. But it's not, when I say that, I don't say that in the – mindset of oh it's an awesome experience to just be there no we want to win for sure we want to win like you know it's why at alabama like yeah i could have kicked a field goal on fourth and one and hey put some put three points on the board no. we're in tuscaloosa alabama yeah. we're going for it on fourth and <laughs> let's one. go yeah Screw that. i you love know what that I'm saying? and, and it, it, it didn't work but that's fine you know they they might have held us on the route we're not gonna complain i'm not i'm not bitter about it anymore it's all good <laughs> right it's all, it was just right. it's fine you know but at the end of the day you know those games are are, are awesome opportunities to showcase that FCS football is for real, and we have legit players. Like we got, we got a legit program. You know, this isn't just, hey, uh, you know, we just kind of do football here. We 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 freaking do football here, and it's an awesome opportunity to get our message and our brand on a national scale and to show who we are. And I think every, I know that we haven't beaten a Power Five team, but every team that we've played against at the Power Five or the FBS level, we have competed our tails off and earned respect. I feel like. Every single time. And so I think that um, it's an amazing opportunity when yeah. you do that. But um, like I said, I mean, that that's how we approach power, any Power 5 game. For sure. Um, but, you know, for, for us, it's all about the Salukis right now. Absolutely. Taking a look, like we were talking about this season, um, you have four players that have been selected into the all-UAC preseason picks. Corey Chapman, Jordan Goko, Chandler Curtin, and Tyler Long. We've already spoken a little bit about Tyler Long. But for those other three guys, what are kind of your expectations on seeing them Saturday? Yeah, I, I expect them to be big-time contributors. You know, Corey Chapman, I think, is one of the best safeties in this conference, in this league. And he has just gotten so much uh, – you know, better, mature, all the above since we've been here. It's been awesome to see his maturation. Um, you know, we went back to look through the cutups in the offseason, and one thing that I did not realize during the season, how hard he played on defense, which is special teams for us. He played super hard on all of our defensive units, covering kicks, covering punts, um, you know, just being an, uh, uh, you know, an every-down guy there. And I think it led to him having a great defensive season as well when he was asked to, you know, take on a bigger role in the defense. Um, but I, I think he is one of the um, most intellectual players. Uh, he just has a knack for finding the football and knowing what offenses are going to run. Um, and so I, I'm really excited about him. And then, uh, you know, you go to Jordan Goko. I, th I think Jordan, um, you know, hands down, has a chance to be one of the better tight ends out there. You know, he's six foot seven. Um, you know, he, he people, what people misconstrue about Jordan is he's a six seven string bean that can just catch the ball if you've ever met jordan he's a very thick human being too he is a really good blocker like i that was our question when we got him like, okay how how much does he want to block and the dude is down for the cause man yeah. he, he wants mm -hmm. to get in there and mix it up and and he and he's as good of a receiver as, as some of the guys we have you know what i mean like so he is an ultimate weapon that can be uh you know very you know used in a versatile manner um and then and then you know you have chandler Curtin, who uh, I, I love chandler Curtin's story because you know he's a short uh, undersized lineman that was, you know, I mean, really didn't have a lot of offers out of high school. We took in our first class here. We loved his tenacity that he played with on tape. Even though we knew he was short, we didn't care. We knew that this kid plays with a physicality and a demeanor that we got to have on the O-line. 
I didn't know that he would take a starting role in just his second year. <laughs> dog. But he's a dog. Yes, 100%. <laughs> we had that, that kid that says that on the – we need that meat. Dog. Right? <laughs> Bird, Birdie Bennett. Dog. That's what we need right now. <laughs> That's what Chandler is, man. So I'm really excited. He had a freshman All-American season last year. Um and he is one of the hardest workers in our program. So I'm really excited about those four guys. Then going, I just want to touch on Jordan a little bit more. Do you see him uh, being a primary red zone threat as well with his height? Because yeah, that's he's, one thing that stood out to me immediately. Oh, for sure, man. That's a great. That's a great thing you bring up. Yeah, we have definitely toyed with some, you know, some ideas down there of how to get him the ball and be a weapon because he, he's a, he's a matchup nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> he's a matchup exactly nightmare, right. man. And he's uh, he's made some impressive catches over fall camp. C.J. Evans Jr., he is now entering in his fourth year here at Austin P. Really nice work when on jet sweeps for C.J. Evans. Talk a little bit about his production in the offseason and uh, going into Saturday. Yeah, I think C.J., um, you know, when we got here, we put him at that gov-back position, which is that hybrid slot slash running back. That position is for guys just like him to where we can get our best players on the field, you know, because we're a one-back offense. So, you uh, if if you don't if you have like a second third string guy that is uh you know a lightning guy like we first got it we had two really good running backs and we thought CJ was in the mix but you know we wanted him on the field more than just like five carries so we said hey go to gut back he'll be a slot and then we can motion him in he can come in and he can run uh running back and so he already knows all the slot details the option routes the choice routes all the things that we do you know because our receivers we put a lot on them in terms of reading coverages and he knows all that now, and then now being in the backfield, that's like second nature to him. And so he is an ultimate weapon. I, I view him as a guy that we can put anywhere on the field and he could be successful. Um, I think the thing that people misconstrue with CJ is that he's just uh, a perimeter guy. Mm-hmm. He is really good between the tackles. He is a tough runner. Um, he's 185 pounds. Uh, and, and I mean, if, if he was in there right now, you'd be like, man, you know what? He's a lot thicker than what I thought. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's a really, really thick kid and, and he can run. Uh, he yeah. can run. I mean, Murray, there's the clip against Murray state last year was just incredible. And, I mean, you split two safeties in division one football and run. That's impressive, man. I mean, that's a, that's an impressive clip and, and, and to carry that weight with it too. He's a, he's a very durable kid that, that we have, we have to find multiple ways to get him the ball in space. And so, uh, I'm very excited about his season. Another dog on the team, Javon Jackson. Yeah. Last season mm-hmm. had 95 carries, 572 yards, four touchdowns for mm-hmm. him. Looks like he's going to be taking a little bit more of that workhorse position coming in, uh, straight up the middle. Yeah. He's, like I said, CJ and Javon are like thunder and lightning. Yeah. It's a cool combination, man. You know, Javon was a three-star recruit out of Austin High School in our first class. Uh, you know, uh, you know, beat Georgia State on him late there, and, and he is – I mean, he is a high-caliber player. I mean, this guy has gotten every year better, uh, more fundamentally sound, and he's that guy that, all right, I got a business decision to make when he comes to the hole because he is a he's a load. Uh, he is mm-hmm. a physical, <clears throat> physical runner, all right? Like, I mean, he is that guy that wears you down in the fourth quarter and can, <laughs> you know, all of a sudden he breaks four or five tackles and you got a 40-, 50-yard gain because yeah. how physical he runs. You know, there's guys that are big that don't run violent, right, he is big and runs violent, you know, and that's the deal with that's the deal that separates him. And he's definitely an in between the tackles guy. You know, I, I'll say this: I think the thing he's worked on, that his speed has, you know, he's taken a few to the house during fall camp. That you're like, whoa, like that's that's not the same speed yeah. that we've seen. I mean, he he does a great job of getting north and south in a hurry. Kind of wind himself up on Kyle Brandt's angry runs yeah. right now. Just get us on there. <laughs> he that's a perfect. He runs angry. That's what he does. Hundred <laughs> percent. 
Oh, man, yeah. Uh, taking a look at uh, quarterback, senior, Mike DeLillo. He is the guy, 2,500 yards last year, 21 touchdowns, also a threat with his feet, about okay. 500 yards, eight touchdowns. What, what does he mean to this team uh, and for you going into his senior season coming in uh, last year from man, NTSU? Uh, that's, you know, he is, he's, he's, he's the leader, man. He's the alpha. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have not been around a quarterback um, – that's as good of a leader or as tough as he is. He's the toughest, best leader I've ever been around the quarterback position. And I, and I mean that I've been fortunate to coach some good ones. And he um, is the cream of the crop when it comes to that. Uh, he has no problem standing in front of his offense, his team, and saying what's on his mind. It's a very we, – we, we encourage a player-driven approach because we feel like when it's player-driven, that's when it can go to the next level. Him, Sam Howard, Javon Young, those three guys are big-time – vocal leaders for this team and when they speak people listen and mike uh he's everything you want a quarterback in that regard he commands the huddle even though we don't huddle but he commands the the mm-hmm. proverbial huddle right uh <laughs> people say that all the time now there's a lot of no huddle offenses but he commands the charge you know you gotta there's a difference between being a good quarterback and and, and that guy that's a good quarterback and also has the what i call the it and when he came it was funny when he came on his visit out of middle tennessee out of the portal um you know I didn't know what to expect, and I just remember walking away from it like, there's something about that guy. Like, he's got it. Like, when I talk to him, I feel like I'm talking to an adult. I feel like I'm talking <laughs> to a coach. I mean, he – I have to slow him down because he is one of the smartest kids on the team, and, and you know, he can go kind of level 45 on you real quick, and it's like, hey, that's, that's great. And you and I could chop that up all day, but we got to make sure that we're on the same page with everybody else. And so you, you got to kind of say, all right, hang on, hang on, our partner. Like, like let's let's stay right where we're at, so everybody else can execute too. But it, it, he means he means absolute ton to this football team. He's the heart and soul, um, especially on the offensive side. And uh, I think the the whole team respects him because the way he prepares himself. You know, he's not the typical quarterback that just drops back a few times in practice and throw some balls. I mean, he's a physical. He practices physical. He runs physical. He he is uh, a film junkie. Mm-hmm. Studies the game. Um, so <clears throat> I, I, you couldn't ask for a better leader at the quarterback position than Mike Lillo. Can you just speak on how important his role is for this team to help develop those other guys behind him as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he that you, you hit it on the head. You know, we got a, a young man named Skyler Locklear, who's uh, our number two guy, who is a very talented quarterback out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, he's a redshirt freshman. Bryce Robinson, a hometown product here. Um, you know, in Clarksville, um, a young man named Ty Watkins that we just recruited, who's a two-time regional player of the year in Georgia. Um, so you have a a very talented group of quarterbacks. You know, you alluded to Davin Geringer earlier, you know, here in, uh, from, from Clarksville high, who is, is a very talented young quarterback. Um, uh, we got Matthew Corley in the room. We got, um, Jake Johnson. I mean, we have a slew of guys that they all, it's funny. We'll be in the film room and we'll be talking it out. And, and, and I love this dynamic. Cause I told, I tell them, you know, with me being the head coach and coaching that position, I treat them like assistant coaches. So our position meetings are probably a little different than most. It's more of a, flowing conversation you know of hey what you see here all right this is how we want you to read it what do you think about this because the quarterback's got to feel comfortable so I'm, I'm big on asking that guy for input on how he feels about this play because I can feel great about it if he doesn't feel great about it then that's a problem but I can't tell you how many times I've been in a meeting room and you know Michael do something and Skyler will ask him like hey what were you thinking there and so it's it's like an open dialogue and and 
I can't tell you what Mike means to his leadership means for this team and for that room for its future development. And those guys all know they respect him. They watch how he prepares. When he's in that meeting room, he's writing down notes. He's right. I mean, it's just like no matter what, you know, and that's I, that's what I love about him. There's no complacency in him. He wants to be the best. And, and he feels like, quite frankly, you know, he's, you know, hasn't really gotten the respect he deserves. And I, I feel the same way. I think I, I, I'll go on tape saying this. I think he's the best quarterback in this conference, 100 hands down. I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care who anybody else, anybody else has. I'll put that kid, kid up against anybody in the, in the conference and in the country. Amazing. Absolutely. You guys, uh, I have one more player I wanted to talk to you about. Kickers sometimes don't get the recognition that they deserve. <laughs> That's right, bro. Maddox Trujillo, oh, huge man. 55-yarder last season against Jacksonville State. Yes, sir. Now finds himself on the Fred Mitchell Outstanding Place Kicker watch list. Talk about him in the offseason. Talk about his confidence out there with a boot. Man, let me tell you, Maddox is uh, one of the just coolest kids ever, number yep. one. He is. <laughs> like sometimes kickers, punters are hard to talk to. <laughs> that joker right there, he and I could have a conversation for days. I mean, because that dude, the thing I love about Maddox is like the mental preparation. He is big into the mental okay. um, toughness aspect. And I think if he, if he walked in this room right now, you'd be like, oh, okay, little scarecrow kicker. Like, he ain't tough. That kid is one of the most mentally tough players that we have. And I, I don't mean that as a slight. I mean, like, you have to be mentally tough to be a kicker now. You do. Yeah. And that kid trains his brain as much as he trains his body. Like, you know, there was a book called Relentlessness um, that uh, I, he, he, he and I were talking about books one day, and, and, and he got me on that. And uh, I, I actually read it. He actually let me borrow it, and I read it. And I'm like, dude, this is freaking awesome. Not, number one, the book is, is sick and, like, gave me a lot of great leadership deals. But, like, if our kicker's reading this, I'm like, this dude's wired right. <laughs> it, was, it was freaking unbelievable, man. He's about to hit a 61-yarder this oh, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to cry. I don't want to say that. <laughs> but I, I tell you, the mindset is there. And, and you can see in practice, like, it's just when he is in the mode and he's kicking, like, he is so dialed into his craft. He cares about his craft more, um, I mean, than anybody. I mean, he's, he's doing extra things on the side. But he, I respect him so much because of his mental approach to the game, um, not just because of – you know, his, his production. Um, I mean, that's, that's been great, but, um, he has very high standards for himself and no one's harder on, on him than he is. Uh, and he holds himself in high regard as he should. And, and he has a, uh, a, a really unique mental approach to the game that I really respect. I know I want to ask you this question uh, from a coaching standpoint, mental health has become a very big topic, mm-hmm. um, the past few years in sports, which it should be. Can you, as a coach, maybe say something what do you think is the hardest hurdle that some kids have coming into college athletics at a D1 level? Yeah, I, I mean, I think, number one, you hit the nail on the head. Mental, mental health is something that we, kind of like the transfer portal, we're not afraid to talk about in our program. We actually do, uh, we, we hand out a player manual before every season, and there's a section in there about mental health. Um, and, I, and I give credit to being at a university that actually you know cares about that mm-hmm. because it can't just be the football program. It has to be a university buy and that's because Gerald Harrison and Dr. Lakari, like they truly care about the mental health of our student athletes. You know, that's why we have a, we, we are probably one of the few schools that have a sports psychologist, you know, right here in house that our guys go speak with, like that our guys can, that's go incredible. To. It's unbelievable. I mean, like there's FBS programs that don't have that, you know, like we care about it that much. Uh, you know, a lot of people are always like, man, coach, you're big on nutrition. I'm huge on nutrition. Yes, because performance on the field, but I'm number one huge on nutrition because when you eat, you're happy. Mm-hmm. Like if you fuel your body with, with good stuff, then, hey, guess what? Your, your mental clarity, your mental approach is totally different than when 
you know, you're, you're eating freaking fries and ketchup and bull crap, you know, every single day after you're doing what you're doing on the field, right? Drinking Cokes and you're like, and you're trying to perform at this high level. It just, you can't, you can't do that. So the, the mental health component for us starts in the nutrition realm. Um, and, and I think that's why our guys make good grades. You know, like their, their mental health is strong. They're eating right. They have resources outside of football. I think the hardest thing, going back to your question for athletes who differentiate and, and, and even for adults in this era coaching, right? Mental health is no question that we're talking about vitally important. All right. But you still have to be coachable. You still have to be willing to take hard coaching, to take coaching and understand that I'm in an environment where I am, uh, you know, striving to be better. And I have people around me that want to make me better when I'm in an environment that puts me uh, at a, in a position to be better. That's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy because growth happens in the fire. It doesn't happen in solitude. And so you have to be able to differentiate between good and bad mental health and hey you know you just got your butt ripped all right that's that's football that's soccer that's life and you're gonna have to get back on that horse and let's go right and i think that to a credit to our kids they've done an amazing job being mature and understanding okay allowing us to coach them hard okay because i think when people hear mental health mental health they think that you got to coach people soft it's exact opposite i think kids just i think kids don't respect you when you don't coach them i know this i don't remember a single coach that patted me on the butt and said, you did a great job. I remember the coach that ripped my, you know what I, I can name every single one of them. I'm like, and you know what, to this day, I'm like, dude, I love that freaking guy. Why? Because he wanted me to be better. And he saw something I couldn't see in myself because that's the definition of coaching. We are supposed to take people somewhere that they couldn't go by themselves. Right? So I think you have to differentiate hard coaching and positive and negative mental health. The key to that is letting kids know where they stand, right? When you rip them, you better be just as excited when they correct that mistake. They, you know, and then you better go put your arm around them and say, hey, this is why I ripped your freaking tail because you're better than that. I expect more of you. We have high standards here. And now he understands that's why coach did it, not because he dislikes me or hates me. And so I think when you make that differentiation, the mental health component becomes very clear cut in terms of this guy's getting me better. He's not just trying to beat me down to beat me down. And I think as a coach, you have to – on the front end, let them know where you're coming from. Cause the old school days of just ripping tail and whatever, and not following up on it. Those days are over. Like you can't yeah. do that. You have to be on the front end of why am I ripping you? Why am I upset that we're not executing right now? Why am, am I going to hold you to a high standard? And once you explain that kids, the thing about kids, they want discipline. They'll never say this. They want discipline. They want structure and they want to be held to a high standard. They'll never say that, but they want that. They fiend for that in their lives. Like I, I know I did as a student athlete. Like I fiend for that because if I wasn't motivated to be great every single day, and I said I shouldn't use the word motivated because uh, motivate, motivation is really temporary. But if I wasn't uh, driven by somebody, you know, that was trying to impact me and and help me become better than I was yesterday, then I, you know I was I was like, hmm, I really don't I'm not excited about this right now. Like I want to be in an environment that has high standards and raise people up so i think you know and i'm getting off on a deal because mental health is really important to me but i think many people have a mis misconception of it that it's just like oh that like because I'm, I'm a parent now right so like my mm -hmm. wife and i always joke around the 
the gentle parenting era. With another child on the way. Yes. Congratulations. We, do child, we do have a little boy on the way. That's yes. it. Congrats. That's huge. It's a blessing right now. Now, when that, those, those two little rugrats are running around, pray for me now. Right? <laughs> Ooh, that's going to be another world. But, you know, we, me and my wife had this conversation a lot about, gen, you know, gentle parenting, right? Like, that's the whole thing. That's the whole wave. And you know what? Hey, there's time for that. And there's sometimes to say, hey, brother. <laughs> we are time, done. We're done. It's time to get in line. Let's go. I think life is all about balance. And people think mental health is like, oh, that's being soft on the kids. No, it's not. You can still hold them to high demands and high standards, but promote great mental health and have great mental health. And yeah. um, that's a big part of our program. And I appreciate you asking that because um, that leads to clarity of mind on game day, clarity of mind in the classroom, in the community. It's uh, and, and, and it goes back to like why we got – again, the why. Why did I get in this business? I didn't get in this business to just say I want to get into football because I want to put rings on my finger, and that's it. Do I want to win? You bet your freaking tell I do. And what I love to put rings on, on our finger every year, you bet your tell I do. <laughs> but I, that's not why I got into coaching. I got into coaching because I want to impact young men's lives positively because that's – somebody did that to me in my life, and I want to give that back. And so we have to understand the mental health component. It's, it's about these kids. Mm-hmm. These, these kids aren't – you know, healthy mentally, or they, they're not playing the game of football. We don't have jobs. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't have the game of football. So we got to care about the people first before we can get to caring about the game. Yeah. You're setting these men up for being great men outside of football, whether they continue to the next level or not. Discipline, Absolutely. discipline equals freedom. And that's it. Yeah. Come on, baby. Come on. That's it. 100%. Jocko. Yeah. Ooh, Jocko. Got Jocko, the Jocko hey, going. Jocko gets my chili hot now, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 that's my guy right there. But it's, but it's, but it's, it's real. True. It's so real because. So real. You know, if you have a good mind, you have good discipline, you know, hey, I got to I got to take care of business. I got to do this in the classroom. I got to do this on the field. I got to do this. You're going to be better mentally. You're going to be able to execute. Do what you need to do, that's and I think exactly that's right. that's awesome. That's exactly right, man. Hundred percent. So, uh, yeah, wrapping things up, Salukis this week. What's your message going into this game? How are what are you telling your team? What seventy-two hours out? What's man. the uh, what's the uh, the go for you? I'll, right I'll now? tell you this: if I if I got to give a motivation speech on this one, then I, we got we may have the wrong football team. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, we, I think I think these guys are ready to play. Yeah, you know, I, it's all. But you know, overall theme is. We're just trying to be one to know this week. Don't focus on anything else except being one to know in everything that we do. We got to play penalty free football, take care of the football, and we got to avoid uh, making mental errors. And I think in game ones, those three components all, you know, are they're important every game, but game ones, I think they win or lose you a game. If mm-hmm. you can have those three things, I think that you can have a lot of success and give yourself a chance to win. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's part of breaking the stone. We got a chance to really make uh, a name for ourselves against a Missouri Valley team that is is uh, very talented, very tough. Coach Hill's done an amazing job with that program, and we're going into their place. Uh, it's probably going to be sold out, packed out, night game. I mean, what more do you want? Let's let's go in there and uh, let, let's trust our process and go be one and zero. We're going to break the streak too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think I have one more thing touching on that as well. Uh, Southern Illinois played in seven one-possession games. Do you yes. expect it to be a dogfight uh, up until the final whistle? I, I do. I, I do. I think, I, you know, when you watch them on tape, they're tough. I mean, yeah. they're very similar to us in a lot of regard, and I think it will be a very uh, competitive, well-fought game that – it would not surprise me at all if it comes down to the last possession. Like that would not be a shock at all uh, for 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 me. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Scotty, we appreciate you sitting down with us. Um, Six o'clock Saturday, you can catch all the coverage on ESPN Clarksville, one hundred four point one FM and five forty AM. Uh, Brian Reeves and Van Stokes are going to be on the call. We're all going to be sitting by the radio waiting. It's going to be a fun time. Thanks for talking with us, guys. Thank you guys for having me on, man. Let's go pee. Let's go pee. Let's go pee, baby. Let's do it.